You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. The Holy Spirit is our advocate and counselor, and what really works is the Spirit working in and through us. Learn more about this truth in week two of our series, The Unknown God. I am very excited to talk about the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is God. So I'll try to go through what God's put in my heart. God, just to recap a bit on what Joe was saying the other day. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the wonderful thing about our God, yeah, it's complex. It's not easy to understand. But you know, this is the thing. If human beings try to invent a God, we'll make it simpler. So if our God is a bit more complex, it's because he wasn't invented by anybody. He is a real God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father is in charge of the universe. He rules. He is the judge of everything. The Son is our Savior. He came to rescue us from sin. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. If God is only one person, before the creation of anything, if he decides to create something, that God is needy because he needs someone to express his love to. Our God doesn't have any needs. He's been a community for eternity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit sharing their love to one another for eternity. The Father loving the Son, the Son loving the Spirit, the Spirit loving the Father, and so on. And the love among this community is so intense and so big that for eternity it grew exponentially to the point that God doesn't love, God is love. That's why the Bible says that God is love. He cannot do anything else but love. And we have been invited into this community, into the community of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you see, that's why human beings, we want relationships. We want to relate to other people. We want to love and be loved. And nothing else in this world explains that but one God in three persons. Let's go to the message. The Holy Spirit is hard to grasp. It's difficult to talk about the Holy Spirit. The Bible also tells us that he is, there is a symbol for the Holy Spirit, and it's the wind. Even Jesus talking about the wind, talking to Nicodemus, he said, you don't know where it comes from. You don't know where it's going. So why wind? Because wind is non-physical, but it's tangible. Like in this picture, on a stormy day, and this has happened to many of us probably, you see, you cannot see the wind there, but you see the effects of the wind. So it's tangible. You cannot grab hold of it, but you can feel it. You can see its effects. The Holy Spirit is non-physical, but he's tangible. We can feel it. We can experience him. We see the difference he makes. And by the way, I'm saying he. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not a force. He is a person. And it's hard for us to understand because the word Holy Spirit makes it hard to grasp. 
But when we think of persons, we think of physical bodies. No, no, no. The real person is inside of you. Alex is inside of this body. The Holy Spirit, being a person, it's because it's got a personality. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, like, and associate the Holy Spirit with wind, it gets a bit uncomfortable. You know why? Because with this image, we think of the wind. The wind cannot be contained. And we cannot contain God. The wind cannot be controlled. But we are control freaked people. We want to control everything. Our lives, the way we do church, the way we do everything. Wind cannot be boxed up. Wind go wherever it pleases. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit today? This is not a rhetorical question. It's a question for you and you and you. Where is the Holy Spirit today? I think that we are too shy. I just want you to, to say it inside of us, okay? Since when? This is what Paul tells us in Ephesians 1.13. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promise, Holy Spirit. The day you believed in Christ, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. He came to live inside of me. So sometimes we look at the Holy Spirit and we look for God somewhere else. He's living inside of us and I want you to believe it. How can the Holy Spirit sometimes say live inside of me when I'm not that good? Yeah, sometimes he's probably in a corner. But he is living inside of you. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do, he wants to keep growing inside of you for you to let him work in you. So at one point, people are not going to see you, but they are going to see God in you. And that's the whole idea. And this promise is in the Old Testament. In, a, in Jeremiah, God is telling his people, I'm not going to write the laws on stone like in the past. I'm going to give you a new heart. This is a new covenant, a new heart, a soft heart. And I'm going to put my laws inside. But then in Ezekiel, he goes even further. And he said, I'm going to put my spirit inside of this new heart so you can walk in my ways. When we walk in the spirit, we don't get tired. We get renewed. When we walk in the spirit, we go where the Holy Spirit leads. Jesus also promised this. He says in John 14, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Another advocate. Another. There are two words in Greek for another. Eteros and alos. Eteros, it means someone similar. But alos means someone else of the same nature, the same essence. So, Jesus was saying, 
I am your advocate while I am here. I am God in the flesh, I am your advocate. When I leave, I'm going, God is going to be, but not with you. He's going to be inside of you. And the Holy Spirit has got different roles. The biggest one is to help the, the believer. But he's also convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's what the Bible says. But he is our teacher. That's one of the, the works of the Holy Spirit. He is our teacher. He reminds us of what Jesus said. He guides us into all truth. He speaks through us. Have you ever said someone to another person? Sometimes you, you pray for someone. You, and that person all of a sudden says, I've been asking to God for this. And you are telling me this. You know what? The Holy Spirit is speaking through you. The Holy Spirit testifies to our spirits that we are children of God. You are not a nobody. You are a child of God, of the king of the universe. And you have to believe that. And you have to believe accordingly. He, the Holy Spirit, prays for us. Even sometimes when we go astray, the Holy Spirit prays to the Father for us, for us to come back in line again. And one of the things I love the most is that he empowers us. You know, this is very interesting because I love this church because it's very empowering to people. People are asked, you can do this, you can do this, just do that. In some churches, it's all very controlling. And nobody delegates things. The Holy Spirit empowers us. He sent us, he wants us to go to the workplace, to our friends, to our neighbors, to talk about God to show them with our lives that he is still alive. Jesus promised to his disciples before he left, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. What for? To be witness to the ends of the earth, to have his presence living in us, to live a victorious life. So it's not a question of whether or not you have access to this power. The question is, have you accessed it? Have you tapped into the power of God? Or you are living defeated lives? I was young, around 19, and there were a few of us in our church. Our church at that time probably had, I don't know, around 200 people. Back in the day, we didn't have mega churches, by the way, okay? Churches were smaller, you know, in a suburb, there was this church. Yeah, over 200 people. And some of us decided one day, we are going to go to the building. We're going to go tonight at 8 o'clock, and we're going to start praying. And what are we going to ask for? For the Holy Spirit. And even though I grew up in a church that was charismatic, still... We, the Holy Spirit was a bit, as I said, difficult to grasp. But we believed in the Bible when Jesus said that if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So based on that, we decided to go. We had no idea what we were asking for, but we went there on our knees. And we prayed and we prayed. I don't know, we spent probably two hours. At the end of the, the two hours, it was beautiful. We were crying, we were hugging, we were kissing one another. And in Latin countries back in the day, that was a no-no. Because macho culture, you see? That was a thing over there. But it was the Holy Spirit just starting to work in us. And the following week, while we were praying, there were all these young men in front because we had more people praying with us. And like a rush of wind, the Holy Spirit came, all of them speaking in tongues, to the point that one of them even spoke for a week. He couldn't go to work. He couldn't stop speaking in tongues. I'm not saying that speaking in tongues is a top one. I'm saying that that was a way for God to show up in our lives. But you know what? That changed my life. That experience changed everything. That experience changed many lives of those people to the point that the generations that came, our church became bigger and bigger. I don't know how many pastors have come out of that church, but there are many in other countries and in Chile too. There was a revival. But as I said, I've never been the same. So there are too many Christians who try to follow Jesus without calling on the Holy Spirit. And what happened? We became frustrated by our failures and many fall away. They don't keep going. Why? Because they are trying to do it on their own. I don't want you to keep trying on your own. I want you to try with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Sometimes we read the Bible and we feel a bit jealous. You know, we, we look at the disciples on, or these prophets that talk to God and those disciples that were with Jesus and said, oh, I wish, you know, I would have been there and talked face to face to Jesus. Let me tell you something. We have the advantage because the Holy Spirit, God, lived inside of us. In John 16, 7, Jesus says to his disciples, but very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, talking again, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. And there is something key here. It is for your good that I am going away. Did you notice that? Jesus, God in the flesh, is telling us that the Holy Spirit is better. Having the Holy Spirit with us is better. It is good to have God with you, but it's better to have God in you. You see, when the disciples were with Jesus, Jesus sent them, do you remember? Twos and twos to preach. Twelve first and then seventy. <clears throat> so when they were there, they were empowered by Jesus to go. But Jesus wasn't physically with them. He was over there. So he, they couldn't turn and say, oh, what do we do now? It's like when they were in the boat. They turned to Jesus, what do we do now? And Jesus didn't want that. He wants something better for us. His Holy Spirit is supposed to guide you every day of your life, whatever we do. These disciples, something changed with them. 
When did they step up their game? When Jesus left and when they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. What did they do? They started preaching the gospel and the world was changed. They turned the world upside down. Because the Holy Spirit was living in them. You might be thinking, oh, it's so hard to do it now. No, no, no. I want to tell you now. Do you know that God is still doing the same things he used to do before? All over the world. In India, this, this man of God gets visions and dreams from Jesus during the night. And Jesus tells him, you have to do this tomorrow. And he goes and obeys. And God starts transforming things around him. This lady in Mozambique from America just went there. And she's taking care of all these orphans. And she goes and, and preaches in villages. And people are healed by the Holy Spirit. Here we are too comfortable. The Holy Spirit tends to show up powerfully when we are in more need. But we are too comfortable. You know, when we are poor, when we don't have anything, we abandon ourselves to Jesus. But when we have our job, it's our priority. When we have, oh, I have to pay for this house, or I have to work harder. I need this, and I need this, and we don't need anything. We have everything. So we start looking at other things instead of God. That's why God is showing up there. God is at work. The Holy Spirit is working today. I want you to believe that. God wants to start doing healings. God wants to show powerfully in our midst. But we have to believe that. Some theologians are telling us today, trying to tell us that the gift of the Spirit ceased in the first century. I'd like to disagree. I have seen the Holy Spirit moving in extraordinary ways. I know this couple. This couple, they had four girls. They tried for a boy, they couldn't. They ended up having four girls. So they thought, that's it. They were getting a bit old until God showed up. And God said to them, through two prophets, you are going to have a son. You are going to have a son. God is going to give you a son. This is what the Holy Spirit says. And his name is going to be Isaac. And that boy grew up and is standing here today. And that's this man here. My name is Alejandro Isaac. So, because I was the son of the promise, when I look at my name, I cannot stop by believing because I am a living proof of the power of God, of the truth of God. God gave us words with Rocio even before we were married. We were going to have two kids, a boy and a girl. And without saying it directly, it's like we were going to come. Someone said, I saw you with Rocio and the two of you, you came to the church from another country. And we were living in Chile. And he said, from another country. And, and, and you stood in front of the congregation with the two kids in front, the girl, the oldest, and then the boy. And that's true. And that's nothing. I've seen so many things. So, as I said, I'm a living proof that God still works today. And I want to say a few words, 
especially to the leaders, people who lead the church, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer once wrote this. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on, and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop, and everybody would know the difference. You see, we have become professionals in churches. There are too many churches. They are professional. They can do the thing. Okay, the Holy Spirit told us to do this, so they go and do it. And then the Holy Spirit wants to move this way, but no, this is the plan. It's a five-year plan, a ten-year plan. This is the way we're going. And the Holy Spirit says, no, this is the way. And the Holy Spirit moves on, and we're stuck doing our thing because we are not connected. We are not listening. We have to be careful. We need more of the Holy Spirit because when we rely too much on human effort, we rely too little on divine power. And that cannot happen. We think that if we have better preachers, better musicians, a better program, better this and better that and better building, the church is going to be successful. So what do we do in churches? People go to seminaries. Some people go to another church to see what they are doing. So to copy that and bring it to this side, and we do this and we do that and we try this and we try that, at the end we we finish in the same spot, but tired, more tired, because we have been doing it on our own and not listening to the Holy Spirit. So what's the prescription given to us by the scriptures? This is what God said to a Jewish governor. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So if we want to conquer, if we want to move, if we want more people in church, if we want to reach out to those who are unsaved, we need the Holy Spirit. Our programs are good, but don't program things and bring them to God. Ask God, God, what is your program? Holy Spirit, tell us, what is your program? The work of God is not going to be finished, but what we do. The programs we develop, the resources we find, the talents we exhibit, what really works is the Spirit of God Almighty operating in us and through us. We don't need more formulas. We need more feeling. We don't need more plans. We need more power. We don't need more strategies. We need more spirit. Brothers and sisters, this is for you. We need to get plugged back into the real power source. The Holy Spirit, through prayer. How is your prayer life? Through prayer is a way of tapping into this source of power. Connecting with God will give you and this church a different future, believe me. And it's good to pray on your own, but it's better to also come once a fortnight, this is all we ask, and do it in community with other believers. And you know, 
Once a fortnight, we meet in our place. And it doesn't matter if there are five or more, we still have a good time. But if you want to grow, you are invited to come. We need someone else praying for us, and we need to pray for that other person. And this is the thing. You know, I know in your mother language, even maybe for some, Tagalog is even better than praying in English. Or for us, maybe Spanish is better than doing it in English. There is space to do that. The other day, Rocio said, I'm going to pray in Spanish. I mean, she just went in Spanish, and the rest, I mean, I mean. They didn't know what she was saying, but we were in the same spirit. So we need prayer. And prayer is the only way forward to revival power and growth. The Holy Spirit is so important and is so neglected. But as I said, we need to get plugged into this divine power source. And we have to do it through prayer. And I insist, please, 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 Pray, pray, and pray. Because this is a spiritual battle. We are not fighting against flesh. We're fighting against evil spirits. And we have the power inside of us. Just one last thing. Kyle Eidelman is a pastor in America. And he tells his story. He went to Boston to do a few things, and then he was invited to go in this sailboat. There were more people in the crew, and he was there, invited. So he started talking to the captain. And the captain said, um, okay, we're going to leave the marina using the small motor we have, but once we are out there, you know, in open sea, we're going to hoist the sails and wait for the wind. See if we can catch the wind. And Kyle said, how do you know when you catch the wind? And he looked at him and said, oh, you'll know. You'll know. And that was exactly right. They go to the place. They started hoisting the, the um, uh, sails. And all of a sudden, the wind came. And everything changed. Everybody started running. Everybody had to do their part, you know, and, and the crew were doing it because he had no idea. But sure enough, he said, yep, I knew and everybody knew when that was happening. How, you probably think, when I'm going to know if God is doing something in my life, the change I want to go through or transforming our church into a more powerful church you'll know you'll know something's going to happen maybe more people coming to prayer time you know and we are probably not going to do it once a fortnight we're going to do it once a week I don't know but I am expectant and I believe that the Holy Spirit is at work today. And He's willing to work in you and in me. Holy Spirit, 
we are so, so thankful that you are living in us, that you are talking to us now. Because, Holy Spirit, I even think that you are preaching to me first. It's not that I am the one speaking. You are speaking through me. And thank you because you are speaking to each one of us. You know our needs. You know our struggles. You know our weak points. But I want you to start working now. Make those weak points strong. Revive those dreams that are dead for your glory. People who heard a word from you about what was future in you was going to be for them. And they are going through the emotions. I want you to revive that dream right now. I make it a reality. For those one who are struggling with pain, with suffering, with an illness, you are powerful enough to heal. This didn't happen only in the first century. This is happening today. I want you to speak to all of us. You can do it with a big, big rushing wind. Or you can do it in a soft manner. Whichever way you do it, I know it's going to be good for us, for our benefit. I ask for the families. I just want you to bring peace into each family unit in this church. For husbands to love their wives more, for wives to love their husbands, the children, the children to love the parents. And help us to be courageous to turn this world upside down with your presence in our lives and with the word of our testimony. I praise you, Lord, because you are good and you are wonderful and you are here. I want you to go home happy with your spirit up there. You can touch. I want you to touch the glory of God and feel his presence in you. And he's going to do what he promised to do in your life. Next week, we're going to be listening more about the Holy Spirit. Pastor Larry is going to talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you are all invited. Bring more people in. God bless you. Have a good weekend. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.